Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. So I'm curious, uh, did you watch the the CNN town hall forum interview interrogation, whatever, with Donald Trump last night? Did you watch it? I did, just in case you didn't. So you didn't have to. You're welcome. I'm a giver. And so I watched it, and I pulled a whole bunch of audio, a whole bunch of audio. And uh, I guess the first thing I should say on all of this is um, it's the return of the Trump show. That's, I mean, not this show, but the Donald Trump show, right, it, it's, it's, it's been picked up for season two, okay? Here we are. It is now upon us. I have done my best to sort of ignore it for as long as possible, but uh, I can't ignore it any longer because now it's, you know, it, it, it's now in the news. It's now become the dominant story. And there's a, several different facets to all of this. But, I mean, the real, the real key here is for you to step right up and get your tickets right now for the show. And look, as a Gen X guy, I uh, I got to acknowledge there's a there's a there's a real attraction here to just sitting back and watching the whole thing burn. I mean, that's it's kind of Gen Xy, I know, a little bit on brand, too on brand, if you will. But uh, that's that that's sort of been my position on Donald Trump. Uh, I was not here in the Charlotte market in 2016 when he made the first run, and we. We're going through all of that, uh, so I don't know what I yeah I don't know what uh, all of the listeners uh, to WBT think of Donald Trump. You got a pretty good idea if you've been listening to this show for the last almost two years. You got a pretty good idea where I stand on on Donald Trump, and that's basically the Gen Xy kind of position where I just kind of sit back and watch it. I'll give him credit when he does stuff well. But I also will criticize him when he does stupid things. And he did both of them last night. <laughs> he did. I thought he did some good things last night. And I thought he did some not good things last night. But the people who, who like him really, really like him. And the people who don't like him really, really hate him. I'm not going to move any of them off of their positions. There's There is this... I don't know what I would call it. I guess it's some sort of arrogance or hubris that exists. And, and I think you're seeing a lot of it today. Um, and we saw some of it last night uh, during the event. But really afterwards, there's this belief that the that that somehow or another, either Donald Trump or, in this instance, Caitlin Collins, the I, I don't want to call her a moderator of the forum last night because she wasn't, she was, she was an opponent. She was a debate opponent or, um, an interrogator, right? It, yeah, that's probably more accurate. She was not a moderator. And I think that was, uh, that was a problem with the format. The way it was done, I think was a, that was a problem. They, they wanted her to do, 
too many things depending on whatever Trump was doing at any given second. And that's I don't think that's a fair spot to put anybody in. Um, I know the talking point has gone out that she I think the talking point is a masterful performance. And I, I don't know if it was a masterful performance, but. I think there were a lot of people that expected her to somehow or another humiliate Donald Trump. Right. To to get him to admit that he was, in fact, a terrible president. He said terrible things. He did terrible things. He's to blame for all of the things. And I'm so sorry. I throw myself on the mercy of the CNN court. Or or maybe he just, you know, just, you know, takes the, the cyanide pill, like that guy over in whatever that former Soviet bloc country was when he was on trial, right? Just is he a Serbian or something, like some general war crimes, and he like gets convicted and he just like, drinks down a vial of arsenic or something. Maybe that's what people thought was going to happen. Like she was going to, she was going to just nail him to the wall on something. And he would just be left stuttering and, and, you know, defenseless against her attacks. I I, I don't know much like I don't understand uh, a lot of folks uh, that are, you know, all aboard the Trump train Guy can't do anything wrong. Everything he says is crystal clear, perfect. Every phone call with every foreign leader, as he said last night, it's a perfect call, right? Um, and they think that somehow or another he's going to win over everybody. He's going to convince everybody. He's going to fix everything. He's going to do all of the things in his next term that he didn't get done in the first term because the all the forces were against him. But somehow or another, now he knows better, so now he'll be able to beat all the forces. Yeah, I I don't understand that either. There, I think at the heart of that is a disconnect. On both sides, there is a disconnect from reality, right? There, there are people that are never going to support Donald Trump, and it doesn't matter what you say. And there are people that are never not going to support Donald Trump, and it doesn't matter what you say. So it's a show. That's what this was, and that's what CNN wanted, right? I was under no illusion that CNN brought Donald Trump on in order to to juice their ratings. Of course they did. I think I'm seeing people that are uh, on the left and they're uh, you know, like, oh, you know, they, they wanted to to broadcast, with, you know, send out the bat signal that uh, to conservatives and, and MAGA people that CNN is a welcoming place to them and they're white supremacist, Christian nationalist and whatever elseist views. I'm not sure that came across last night. I'm not, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't feel like hmm, I need to give CNN another shot. No, in fact, quite the opposite. Quite the opposite. Um, it just confirmed uh, that I am not missing much by not watching CNN at all. So I do have a lot of audio. Um, I've got the big takeaways, but I'm curious if you watched it. Um, did you come away with a? a better opinion of CNN after watching the performance by its interrogator, Caitlin Collins. The mere presence of Donald Trump on that stage was too much for a lot of people in media, legacy media, just his appearance there. Now, I also find it interesting that he chose to go to CNN. Why? I think he... I think he actually explained why in, what is it, four words last night? 
as a little aside to Collins when she was grilling him on, um, I think it was over the documents, the storage of the classified documents and such. And they were going back and forth and back and forth. And he finally says something to the effect of, "Got you know, let's keep it interesting. Got to keep it interesting. And I think that's it. I think that explains it. Um, there was a piece by Michael Cohen, not that Michael Cohen, not Trump's former lawyer fixer guy, Michael Cohen. This is an MSNBC columnist. So take it from where it's coming from. But um, he makes the argument that Trump just won the primary. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm curious if you agree. And I'm, I'm more curious if if people who um, who are not already on the Trump train think that he already has won based on the reasons or maybe some others. But based on the reason that uh, Michael Cohen explains, which is that um, nobody has attacked Trump for being found liable for sex abuse and defamation of that woman, uh, E. Jean Carroll. Nobody has gone after him over it, except, I think, Asa Hutchinson. Everybody else has held their fire. And he, I think, rightfully poses the question, do you think Trump would hold the fire on you? Do you think Donald Trump, if, well, we know, actually, right? Because Donald Trump has gone after Ron DeSantis, calling him a groomer, right? Because of some picture when DeSantis was like in college or something, and he was with some students who were in high school, some some girls that took a picture at a party or something, right? So do you think that Donald Trump wouldn't do that to you? But yet they're not doing it to him. Nobody is. Vivek Ramaswamy, Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis, although he hasn't formally announced, but... Like none of these candidates are going after Trump over that. So why is that? And do you think that Michael Cohen is right that that that's indicative of the fact that Trump just won the primary? There is also um, a component here that uh, where is it? This is from uh, National Review. Michael Brendan he points out the way Trump behaved last night makes him a very formidable opponent, not just for people in the media, but more so for his political opponents because they don't have the skill set that he does. And it was on display last night. And so we're expecting people who are coming to the debate stage against him, they come off as ambitious nerds, needful of approval. And while Trump is needful of approval, I think that's obvious, but he doesn't come across as an ambitious nerd, right? Oh, hey, real quick, before I forget, Carolina Readiness Supply is prepping for its annual Heritage Life Skills event. It's coming up in July, and you can learn how to be better prepared and self-sufficient in the event of any emergency. Things like homesteading, canning, water storage, radio communications, herbal remedies, home defense, fermenting vegetables, all sorts of stuff. This is what Carolina Readiness Supply does. For beginners all the way to the most experienced preppers, Carolina Readiness Supply can help. Get your tickets now at carolinareadiness.com. That's carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? Uh, All right, I got some audio we will get to. Let me read these emails real quick. This is Dave 
who says, I am a conservative who would like Trump to go away and fade into history. Don't you mean themstory? Uh, I think he's an egotistical narcissist who is making things worse for the conservative cause. However, I will say he had the cojones to go on CNN. Does Biden have the cojones to go on Fox? Good question. It's a, yeah, it's a good question. Donald Trump's performance on CNN has a lot more to do with the Republican platform versus the Democrat platform. What the audience was responding to positively was not so much positions that Trump holds as an outlier. Rather, his positions are pretty much in line with the Republican candidates who have thrown their hats in the ring, as well as those most believe will. Uh, Okay, that's from DK. I'm, well, okay, yes, I agree, but watching the debate, or the, sorry, well, I mean, I guess it kind of was a debate between him and Caitlin Collins, but... um, no, I mean they they obvi- there there obviously was affection for him in that audience. They laughed at his jokes, quote unquote. Like they when he went after uh Caitlin Collins, called her nasty, went after E. Jean Carroll, uh, uh called her a whack job, which I'm I'm pretty sure that falls under the category of defamation that you just lost your civil case over, so I'm not sure why you would do that. But whatever, uh, they 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 were laughing about it. So they there's affection there. So yes, I agree that there was there's a you know there's support for the the platform for the issues, and Trump is merely a standard bearer for that stuff on that stage last night. I I do agree with you, but I also think that there's you know they liked him. their people the people in that audience a lot of them liked him very much. Um, so Michael Cohen says when a, when future historians seek to explain how a failed businessman remember this is MSNBC a failed businessman and reality TV star took over the Republican Party and held it in his grip for nearly a decade the events of May 9th would serve as a useful starting point on that day a jury found Donald Trump liable for sexually abusing and defaming E Jean Carroll and awarded her 5 million dollars in compensatory damages As a general rule, if a presidential candidate were found liable in a court of law for sexual abuse, it would sound the death knell for their campaign. But as we have learned, painful reminder after painful reminder, when it comes to Trump and Republican voters, general rules don't apply. At the very least, one might see this is, by the way, one of the things that the left will do here is that they will paint all voters in the Republican Party primaries, all registered Republicans, all conservatives, anybody to the right of of them, right? Anybody to the right of the left will be painted as the same. We all get painted. I get painted with the same brush, right? Which is kind of comical in that, you know, I come on the air here and I, whenever I talk about Donald Trump, if I am not sufficiently pro-Trump enough, I get backlash for that. That's fine. It comes with the gig. Like, I get it. Just like if, you know, I, I attack lefties, I... On Twitter, I I get the backlash from them. That's fine. Like, I walk towards the fight. That's what you got to do when you enter the political arena, right? This is what I do. And so, comes with the territory. Not crying about it, not whining or complaining about it, just saying this is, you know, this is the response that I get from a lot of, you know, hardcore uh, Trump supporters and have for six years now. But I will also be painted with the same anti-Trump brush as those critics, those most you know strident Trump supporters, I get lumped in with you, right? 
because Trump has broken people's brains. <laughs> that's, that's the only explanation I can arrive at. Um, so this guy Cohen says, at the very least, one might expect that other candidates uh, would criticize the racist frontrunner. Maybe they would point out that a man repeatedly accused of sexually assaulting women and now found liable for doing so by a civil jury is not the best choice to lead the party in the next election. Instead, presidential nominees on the GOP side only offered silence or even more bizarrely defenses of Trump. If they won't attack him for this, will they ever? Over and over again, we hear that Republicans believe Trump damages the national brand and that nominating him is the best way to keep Biden in the White House for another four years. But then why won't they attack him? That's what he asks. And I would submit it's because they don't have the skill set to do so, because he represents a unique challenge. And if the Democratic Party had to deal with him in their ranks, they would be presented with the same challenge. He is not he is a symptom. He is not the cause. He's a symptom. Do you think that Donald Trump just essentially won the 2024 GOP primary? A uh, a lefty writing at MSNBC, Michael Cohen, he certainly thinks so. Um and he says it's because Trump, you know, takes the stage last night after having been found liable and he talks about the case. I've got the audio. He talks about it, but none of his opponents in the primary challenge him or call him out or attack him over it. And you know he would have attacked them had they been in a similar circumstance. They probably would have dropped out long before. Um, but he also said, he points out, like, these rules don't apply to Donald Trump. And by the way, I said he's a symptom. He's, he's not the cause of the problem in our politics, but he is a symptom of it. And if a similar person like him were to run in the Democrat primary, I have no doubt that he, too, would win or she, too, would win. In a crowded field, yeah, absolutely. Um, clearly, none of Trump's rivals want to risk alienating Trump's fervent supporters. But how do DeSantis, Haley, Pence and Ramaswamy hope to defeat the former president in a head-to-head matchup if they won't even challenge him? For a party dominated by an alpha male culture in which demonstrations of strength and resoluteness are pro forma, refusing to engage Trump is tantamount to surrender. Their refusal to challenge Trump signals to his supporters and the larger electorate that they lack the courage of their convictions and toughness to handle what is arguably the most difficult job in the world. Okay. Now, I suggest that it's because these uh, these candidates, they lack the requisite skill set. I saw a flash of it back in 2016. It was very brief. And uh, it came from Jeb Bush. No, I'm kidding. It, it didn't come from Jeb. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. It did not come from Jeb. Or sorry, Jeb. It did not come from him. Um, no, it actually came from Marco Rubio. And you have to say it like that, I think. In well, in media, right? You have to you have to affect the pronunciation in order to convey to the audience that you are culturally respectful, right? So, uh, no, I get. But Marco Rubio, uh, remember when he started making all the jokes about Donald Trump's tiny hands, right? And when he went after Trump in that way, because Trump attacked him, called him Little Marco, and right, you know, branded him as that. 
and Rubio then, you know, smacked him back. And then he and then, of course, he got all of the approbation from the media and people inside, you know, the the rhino caucus and such. And they were like, oh, I can't believe he stooped to Trump's level. And what did Rubio do? He surrendered. He stopped. He's like, all right, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done it. And I guess the polling didn't look good for him there. Right. So that that to me, I think that was the only attempt. Maybe Rand Paul went after him as well very early on. And he was out too, right? Because it's not it's not the native language for politicians. It's not their skill set. They're not right, they're not trained to engage with people like Donald Trump engages with people. And so when he gets up there on the stage and he starts in on them, they they Yeah, it's like cognitive dissonance. It's it's bewildering to them. Um And to this point here, let me go bounce over real quick to this piece by Michael Brendan at National Review. He says uh, the format showed showed that Donald Trump is wily. When something becomes a point of contention, he'll shift his tone to something softer or more comical. Or he'll basically accuse his antagonist of being obsessed. Or like he did last night, he called Caitlin Collins very nasty, right? And this is a very effective tool in his arsenal because, let's face it, Most other politicians come to the debate stage as ambitious nerds, needful of approval. They have a hard time being funny or having fun on stage. And Trump does that very well, right? He is at ease. He is comfortable on a stage, except when he's reading from a teleprompter. But like when he's when when he is in his element like that and he's like last night he gets done when after the event concludes and Caitlin Collins leaves the stage. And he stays up there for I don't even know how long because CNN eventually cut away because he's on the stage there. He's like waving at people, like thanking them and stuff. He's just like lapping it up. And they're like cheering for him and all this. He is in his element like that. I get his sense of humor. It's very dry. Um, I used to think he didn't have a, a, a highly developed. Well, I should say this. He does not have a sense of humor about himself. Like, he does not poke fun at himself. He's not self-deprecating like that. But he does make these comments that, like, get you, that get pretty close to the line. Where, like, he he has these moments where you wonder, is he is he really, like, self-introspective enough to grasp the comedy of this thing that he's, that he's identifying about himself? comes up every now and again um they have a hard time uh so the brendan says they have a hard time being funny or, or, or having fun on stage or signaling an appropriate emotional response trump improvises across all 88 keys of the piano in his register while his antagonists try to stamp out their talking points as if they are banging away at chopsticks and I think that is I think that's an accurate description. I really do. Um he reminded everybody why he was so hard to handle in 2016 and during his presidency last night. Trump shows bottomless commitment to Donald Trump's story. He didn't back down 1 inch, right? The election was rigged. I don't know Mike Pence an apology on for January 6 because he did the wrong thing. That's why he doesn't owe him an apology. Um he defended the policy of child separation as a deterrent at the border. 
championed the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Right, He got the audience to laugh with him about a jury finding him liable for sexual assault or abuse. Um, right, He stood by his comments about the Access Hollywood tape. Caitlin Collins had an impossible job, which was to grill Trump and then give a, a, a sort of a live, professional-sounding fact check of his responses. And the effect was strange. And it worked in his favor because... Trump could demonstrate more emotional commitment to whatever he said than she ever could to the corrections, right? It's a lesson that Republican challengers have to learn, right? She, she repeatedly did this. Oh, that's a lie. That's not true. That's a lie. That didn't happen. And it, none, of it, none of it mattered. None of it mattered to the audience and, frankly, to me either because I don't trust her. I don't trust CNN. I don't trust the fact-checking in real time. I don't trust the hubris, the arrogance wherein she demands to have the last word and she expects that when he says something, she calls him out, that's a lie, it didn't happen, that's not true, and she expects him to surrender to her fact check. Right? She's elevating herself to a superior position about what is truth. And I don't think she's earned it. And the mere fact she works at CNN, I doubly don't believe so. <laughs> so uh, it really was, it created this really weird dynamic watching it last night, at least for me. All right, now you've heard me talk about them. Old Grouch's military surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles. Tim at Old Grouch's is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouch's. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. Email from Stan. Pete, you just mentioned that if the Democrats had to deal with someone in their own ranks like the Republicans do with Trump, they would be in trouble. Well, they do now. And that's Robert F. Kennedy Jr. He's Right now, where Trump was in 2015 and the Democrat establishment won't be able to do to him what they did to Bernie Sanders. That is an interesting parallel. Um, I'm not so sure. I think the big difference is that Robert F. Kennedy Jr., for whatever reason, um, his voice is like nails on a chalkboard. Have you listened to him? It's awful. And I don't like and I'm not trying to be mean or anything, but like there are certain things that you kind of have to do or be or sound like or look like, you know, that in order to, to get into politics and be successful. And I don't think you can go into politics and sound like Diane Rehm. Oh, there's an NPR reference for you. He's talking like this. It's, it's distracting. It's a very, yeah. And I, I'm sure there's some medical reason for it. And again, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be ugly or mean or a bully or like I'm not name calling. I'm just pointing out that if your if your job is to get up in front of people and talk and convince them and persuade them about stuff and get their support for things, how you sound when you talk is pretty important. <laughs> you don't have to be, uh, you know, you don't have to be as polished as I am. What? What? 
Okay. Yeah, you don't have to. You, you don't have to be awesome at it, but you gotta. It can't be distracting, and I think that's going to be a challenge for him. But we sh- we shall see. I don't know. I, I don't have a crystal ball. I left my Magic 8 ball at home as well. So couldn't tell you. He might be that kind of a disruptor to the Democrat Party as well. Um, there was – there's a – well, let me ask it this way, and we'll, I'll pick this up on the other side of the newscast as well. Um, what was the expectation of Caitlin Collins going into this debate? Right at this interrogation, what was the expectation that lefties had of her? And I think that the reason why people feel like she didn't do a good job or CNN didn't do. I mean, there are some people that are straight up like you shouldn't give Donald Trump a platform at all. And I disagree with that. I, I do. I disagree with it. Now, I think there is a there's a balance there. I don't think you turn over your network like MSNBC did and CNN did. Uh, and Fox, like they turned their networks over to him because he was such a ratings goldmine for them. I don't think you do that. And by the way, it's very easy to do. Right. On the one hand, it's like, hey, here's Donald Trump and he says crazy things and he's entertaining and he's got stage presence and he's he's got these big rallies and all of that. Oh, and he's given he's given you ratings and we could sell that and it's making us money. Look at us. We're awesome. Pro and con, by the way, people who like. They spend all of their minutes on air, you know, bashing him or they spend all of their minutes on air praising him regardless. Right. He he offers a lot of this benefit. But the, the downside is that once he goes away and he will, you know, he did before he's back now. Yay. But um, he will go away again. And what happened to CNN when he left and MSNBC, for that matter, too? What happened to them? Right. They collapsed because they had become so reliant on the sugar high, you know, so. Uh, and, and Fox, to uh, to another extent, right? I always made a point, like, not going to have Donald Trump dictate my show. Uh, well, except today. I, yeah, except today. 